Hi, friends. Welcome to Fast Friends Forever. I'm August Woody. My pronouns are they, them. I'm not too twit. My pronouns are he, him. I'm Brendan, and my pronouns are he, him. All right. Today, we're going to be talking about the 2016 album Worry from the artist slash band Jeff Rosenstock. Ooh, I'm excited. So Jeff Rosenstock is most known for being involved in the music industry, but he's worked with a bunch of different bands and on a bunch of different projects. My personal favorite being that he composed music for the animated series Craig of the Creek. <laughs> so good. Oh my God. Amazing music. Amazing show. In 2015, he started putting out music under his own name and he's just been banging them out ever since. Today, we're talking about Worry, which came out in October of 2016 on Side One Dummy Records. I remember my friends who got me into Fest, well, or just any DIY punk and punk you know anything in there my friend robbie love you so much robbie they um you know they show me show me all but one of the bands other covers on uh, av club yeah other covers and they're like oh you gotta listen to jeff rosenstock i love jeff robbie big big jeff rosenstock fan supporter bob music industry all the side projects and seek vespucci and they gotta listen to worry was one of the time yeah worry came out around then pretty much uh, freshman year college, they're like, you got to listen to Worry and Kendrick Rosenstock, et cetera. And I didn't listen to Worry. <laughs> I'm going to be high. I didn't. <laughs> um, but, but they did get tell me to come to Fest. And that was Fest 15, my first Fest. And I was volunteering, barricaded eight seconds, then, you know, eight seconds now, Vivid Music Hall and, and Arstigo Vespucci were playing then. And I was blown away. I was like, wow. That's this is great, you know. Antigua Vespucci side project with Jeff Rosenstock and Chris Farron. Those who don't know, great, great stuff. And I still didn't listen to Worry. <laughs> I really still didn't listen to Jeff Rosenstock, but I listened to more in the sequel. And I don't know Jeff has been like the name just around everything, you know, every surface, whole crevice of fest and of fest, the scene, punk DIY, Scott, all all the above, influencing everyone and still cranking out dope albums and he's awesome yeah you know he's yeah he's kind of like people kind of make him a uh i want to say kind of like a poster boy of the diy punk scene which he does not take credit for at all <laughs> it just seems yeah. like he, he's in everything he helps everyone wants everyone to be like the best and just do all of this dope stuff but he's like i'm just happy to be a part of it like i don't you know i'm gonna let's all make cool stuff together that's what it's all about um, and I think like, I actually, I was introduced to bomb before just Jeff, which is, I, I think everyone who gets into it kind of starts with bomb. Um, yeah. but I think when I first heard about him, it was like my friend Cliff, actually, uh, we went on like a friend hang to park Ave CDs, uh, in Orlando, like super awesome record shop. Yeah. And he, we were like showing each other albums and bands that we like, and he showed me Jeff, but then I saw this like bright blue album by bottom music industry it was like to live i think it's to live or die in long island and he's like yeah that's one of the first ones that he ever did i'm like i have to start with the beginning kind of thing and i know that's not his very first i think it's like their second but after that i think the only album that he had was uh we cool at the time and honestly i skipped from to live or die to we cool just because we were talking about jeff and there was just so much bomb the music industry history that was kind of overwhelming um <laughs> but then that's i think that was like 20 
15, beginning of 2016. And the singles for Worry started coming out. And also that was the year I actually, my first fest was Fest 15 as well. And I think Worry came out like two weeks before that fest. So I'm all about this record. And I actually volunteered. It was, I think, August, it was me, you, and Kate on main stage. Yeah, yeah, we all volunteered at Bo Deadly. Yeah, did Stagehand, which was so funny, just because I'm like, I'm ready to be a roadie for all these bands that are big enough that they have their own roadies or doing it themselves <laughs> and are not used to help. Just fair, you don't know me, <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> but I actually went up after watching Jeff like backstage. I'm like, hey, can I help you carry anything? And he helped, he let me like carry his synth and then take it back. Just got to meet him and say, hey, is there anything else I can do for you? Like, I barely did anything. And he just says, no, thank you so much for your help. And he's like, can I give you a flag? And this is when they just unveiled their pride flags that they made in like the, is essentially the American flag, but it's pride flag. And then instead of stars, it was the, uh, the pot leaves in a circle with 666. Just like kind of everything counterculture at the time, or just everything that's like basically everything that is frowned upon by, you know, people like on the right or people like against like the punk scene and everything. And I'm just like, can you give me a flag? Sure. Like, why are you asking me if you can give me something? Like, this is so nice of you. Um, well, I knew that I remembered you getting the flag and being so excited about it, but I didn't know he just gave it to you. Yeah, it was right off of his amp because they each had one off of their amps or on their on each amp. And he just gave it to me off of his amp. And so, so I just, yeah, I have Jeff's flag. <laughs> like, it was amazing. And I'm looking at it right now. It's just hanging in, in my office. Like, it's so great. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. But yeah, and that's kind of why, like, when we we're talking, just like wanted to talk about worry. And it's like, I mean, We Cool is his very first, like, his introduction as Jeff and outside of bomb. Um, I know he had, I like, I look like shit, but that was kind of like unreleased bomb stuff that he did himself. But this was kind of like, I feel like worry just pushed him into himself more and said, this is me. And like, Hey, this is not just what I'm going to be doing, but it was just so it's so different, but so him at the same time Mm -hmm. uh, that, you know, I just thought it's very worth talking about. You know, it's a great way of putting it. So different, but so him at the same time. And it really is. There's so much personality and character. Of course, in every anything, you know, Jeff does, but especially worry coming out. It's just this, you know, his songwriting, his lyric writing, his heart's on his sleeve. You get what you get. It's all out there. And it's just this Jeff onslaught, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it just feels like, in a good way, just like, you know, almost <laughs> like, I don't want to say word vomit, but it because that sounds mean but in the nicest way it's like just what's on my mind oh here you go and just go it's like when you talk into a cashier and the cashier says oh how are you you're not feeling too well and you're like well here's how i am and you just tell the cashier everything i'm like sorry you're working you just happen to be that's how this album feels in a very good way in the best way possible it's a lot of ideas a lot of themes a lot of sounds just coming at you yeah, it's like you don't want to dump on anyone, especially someone like you don't know. But there's like this album has moments where it like ebbs and flows. It's almost like a it's like a one of those like combination roller coaster dark rides where it like starts pretty chill. What's going on? And then oh my god, we're we're dropping, we're going, and then it stops a little bit more. But it's like it so flows nicely, um, as well as just it's just like I have to tell someone about this how I'm feeling. I 
been thinking about these things for so long yep. and someone it has to get out yeah um and i mean that's i, I know we're going to talk about it but like even like the last half of the record just goes into its it one after another and it doesn't stop and it's the back half might as well be one single song in like seven pieces yeah that's best way to describe that yeah i guess there was an interview where jeff was talking about how because this album came out on side one demi records he was inspired to specifically write more politically conscious lyrics because there was going to be a wider audience um Mm -hmm. that he'd have being on a bigger label like that and he said, quote, I wanted these lyrics to be punk as fuck to reflect that same feeling that reading the lyrics of Operation Ivy gave me when I was a teenager. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And that's why it's like, yes, there are some allegories you can say here and there, but it's very cut and dry, like what he's saying to you. I mean, I know there's a lot of like he has a lot of like heavy feelings about people who like see things but don't say something or, you know, like just i don't know also about people being like too tired and feeling too tired to say anything or too tired to do anything yet that's exactly what you know the opposition wants they want you to be so tired that you can't do anything about it right and i know i'm speaking a, a little ahead here but yeah it's just uh it's very a lot of the themes are they're so relevant like back then in like 2015 and he almost kind of like i don't want to say you know how like Simpsons like says everything or like that predicts everything, but like everything he talks about in 2015, it's the same or even like, I feel it even more so like today in 2023. Yeah. This is another album that came out right before Trump was elected. So, yeah. and it, and it really does kind of have that forward thinking. It's got a lot of themes that still carry over into what everybody was experiencing during that administration. Mm-hmm. And like, I think he, uh, he said in, a, in, in an interview, he's like, obviously you see these things happening. And obviously like during him writing this record, it's still like 15 people in that like Republican primary. And then, so after it came out, Trump gets elected. And then the very next year you have post that is completely about that. <laughs> he's mm-hmm. like, I didn't mean to set myself up for it. Cause how do you know? But it just kind of happened that way. <laughs> The power of prophecy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I think it's very, uh, it's very admirable still too. I mean, ev- a lot of things he does and how he does things, like everything he did with bomb was very much about accessibility and like trying to make music for everyone and just like, you know, just a safe space for everyone and just make sure everyone has fun going there. Like I think I, <laughs> I wrote down here that uh, there's a lot of like sad content, but like party execution like in his, yeah. <laughs> his performance is just like, hey, I said what I had to say. Let's yell it together and we're going to have a great time <laughs> while we're doing it, while we're here face to face. And then just how he tries to push against like the norms of a lot of things. Like, I don't know, just even releasing albums like after this, when he released Post, he didn't tell anyone about it. Just, hey, New Year's Day, here's a new album. I've been waiting to release it. Here you go. And then like... I think he did an April Fool's joke after releasing No Dream. He did Ska Dream, just an entire Ska rendition of his Great album. album. Um, he just released his new album, Hell Mode. And he said, hey, it comes out this day on Friday. On Thursday, uh, luckily I looked it up and he just said, hey, it's Thursday in Australia. Happy Hell Mode Day. Or it's Friday. <laughs> right. It's Friday in Australia. So he just kind of, he does what he wants, does not do 
what like the industry would kind of tell him and it works out for him every time because he's like let's just make things let's just put it out there mm-hmm. and it's just kind of unbelievable how it hits every single time yep and always ever so admirable just yeah just, himself yeah he does he does what he wants he does it with conviction and this album shows it he talks about it here it's just it's great it's, it's just great <laughs> Something that I didn't know, Brendan, I don't know if you knew this, but the album cover is a picture that was taken at his wedding in 2015. I did see that. Yes. Oh, really? So funny. And I know like that's one of the things he talks about in this album. And it's just uh, like I saw that somewhere, too. And I was like, I want this to be true. But I just like kept trying to find more sources for it just to say like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. My uh, source is Wikipedia, so take that. <laughs> oh, see, I didn't even see it on Wikipedia. So you're like, yeah, I just saw someone said that on <laughs> like a Reddit <laughs> post. So I would trust that a little more. All right. Do we want to get into the track by track? Yeah. Yeah, let's hit it. it. All right. This album is 37 minutes and 42 seconds long, but there are 17 songs on this album. So we are going to ride through this. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of them are only like a minute though so i think we're we can we can swing on by some yeah we can get through. all right the first track is we beg to explode i'm just gonna say it's a perfect opener i love that just like kind of just that slow slow piano start going in there yeah, just single chords his voice it's per- it, i don't know it, it just really like gets you focused on him right mm-hmm. from the get-go yeah, on his perspective and everything, right? What I really like about We Beg to Explode, you mentioned the piano. It, this song, and he does it on other records, on this record, it's him. He It's very theatrical to me. You know, like, mm-hmm. I can hear this song. If you told me this song was on, is it a musical? I'd be like, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. We Beg to Explode is mm-hmm. a musical. It sets the scene. It's very, it's like it's like, like a narrative piece. Like you're not just listening to music, right? You're, it's, mm-hmm. It's the other aspect of music, the storytelling, the drawing you in. What's the message? What you know? What's the purpose of this? And it really makes it sits you down and it's like, here's what you're gonna hear in the next 16 songs, more or less. We're setting the tone, setting the scene. Get your laces on tight. We're going for a ride. <laughs> yeah, it's just a great. It's a great track. Uh, the gang vocals at the end, the love song, the the it's love like letter a- to punk, and all that. It's like a yeah that there's like gang vocals at the end, which you can you can say about a lot of gang vocals, but just like this specifically talking about like his like lifestyle of DIY and essentially saying like yeah I don't know people saying like saying or did he make a mistake with the whole like oh friends disappear after they fall in love fall in love and get married and uh, as we're bouncing up and down trying to make the floor break. And then at the end, having everyone like in his community saying, talking about all these magic moments that I've forgotten. It's not just about him, but it's the entire like scene and community mm-hmm. like feeling this way. I um, love the line where he says, stop sneering at our joy. Like it's a careless mistake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then just right after with like, you fuckheads complain because you like to complain. Like, yeah, it's. All those moments of just like people like not really getting people going to shows or I don't know, especially going to like house shows and everything. Like I, I've been to house shows and like played house shows. I think there was one time when we had a house show almost canceled because the uh, HOA director of the neighborhood happened to come by. No. Heads loading in and it's like, oh, what's going on? 
oh, it's just a you know friendly gathering. They're moving on. So I was like, okay, it's a lot of uh, amps. You know, just like, just so you know, here's who I am. I'm going to call the cops as soon as it gets loud. <laughs> like that kind of thing. And just people like just getting mad at you for doing what you do when you're not hurting anyone. <laughs> kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, I don't know. It's, you, you don't have to understand kind of thing. Like, no, no one's getting hurt. Just keep walking, please. Yeah, but, but you know, people always find something to complain about just because, you know, yeah. just because. So amps going to a house? Oh, that's bad. You know, can't have that. <laughs> yeah. And like, and not like not to jump off that, but like, I think it's interesting because we're like, we're going to get into obviously larger topics that talk about like society and everything. But I think this song is a really good transition from we cool into this because like this touches on like a lot of things that he talks about in we cool with like, you know, just like kind of like house shows partying and like just a lot of like his personal experiences. But I think it really goes into a moment of like coming from himself and just his like immediate personal experiences in the scene to like what society is going to kind of feel about everything that they've been doing and how they react. So I just think it's a really nice, not just an opener, but like opening up that landscape for him to write in. Yeah, that's a good way of putting a great transition. Oh, he's older, right? On worry, you know, he's in his early 30s. Mm-hmm retrospect looking back on we cool looking ahead and in the moment with uh with worry yeah it's a really interesting way to put that transition mm-hmm. yeah all right track two pash rash it's just so dancey <laughs> yeah just that intro of like i've been doing this for half my mm-hmm. and then just going into like I don't know, just that like really slow, just like beg to explode, but then just like going into almost like a, I want to say like a f- do off's not the right word. Is it like that? Just like like with the drumming where you can just kind of like shake your hips too. Like, no, I know what you mean. No, it's not do up. Well, do up. Not do That's. But I mean, I can even say like you know some of like the dancier like I want to say like the like the Beatles type. Almost like I know it's not mm. the Beatles, but like just that's oh, it's gonna kill me if I can't think of it. But I'm gonna move on because we'll be <laughs> off. Um, but yeah, no, just like it's great. It's like just talking about again, like my trajectory is crystal clear. I can see it in the stars. Just hey, this is who I am, and just kind of keeping going with that. No matter what other people said, like going back to we begged, like no matter people complain, like I've been mouthing off in bars, I'm trading my shame for self-respect. Like it is still empowering me. Mm-hmm. The thing that stuck out to me, the, his vocal like fluctuations, intonations on, on the verses, like I said, you know, I've been doing this for half my years. I've been mouthing off in bars and I want to listen to the cribs, my dear, when I get on a car, it just, it reminded me specifically of, um, this song of the bad time records shape of scott to come volume two a song on the back end of the of the compilation it's just it's gonna kill me i know it the only one stopping me is me there's no one stopping me it's just and a couple other songs just as that really as alongside with you know the drum beat you pointed out bren just how he's singing also mm-hmm. adds to the danciness of this song just the groove yeah, I I do want to uh, say too. I don't I don't want it to seem like um, just because we did it twice of just like saying, oh, it's gonna kill me. Who? What does that remind me of? I think with this album, he plays off of so many different influences that it's gonna be hard to like 
pinpoint different things because I know like I, I read that he's taken taken stuff from like everything from like the Beach Boys to Pavement. So like he yeah. like he listens to all kinds of music and like I think he said in an interview that he felt like before you know with like following music industry and stuff he said sometimes it kind of felt like trapped into one main sort of music like type of music and that like with this he just wanted to like use everything because he loves all different types of music so like it's it's just very cool to hear and like to talk about like what does that sound like oh my god it's just something i haven't listened to in so long yeah <laughs> and you, you can you can hear all that i think exactly what you're looking for as well that rhythm sing song it's probably the beach boys you know very influential that first album but also the music we've been we've been listening to after this album is also the same thing we're trying to pinpoint on this like people that are all inspired influence with jeff rosenstock Mm -hmm. like what is that is it we're trying to pinpoint what inspired him or who he inspired it's a really cool game with cat and mouse (laughs) oh i did want to mention i was very curious and i don't know what (laughs) i'm not sure how this connects to the song but uh pash rash I did look up the meaning of it, and apparently it is Australian slang for a rash you get from kissing stu- like men with stubble, like that like grinding on your face. <laughs> I know like in a lot of pictures with Jeff, like he has like just constant like stubble. Um, so I'm just I don't I don't know. I just thought that was a funny kind of anecdote thing to put out there <laughs> with this. <laughs> so, yeah, I have no idea what it means with anything, to be honest. But that was funny that he would mention that. Hey. I mean, you know, he mentions making out with someone and uh, seeing their face again. I don't know. Maybe that person has patch rash. That's it. That's all I can think of. <laughs> That's good. Very <laughs> All right. Track three is Festival Song. This was the first single off of the album. Uh, so according to Wikipedia, <laughs> this song was written as a criticism of corporate sponsored music festivals after Rosenstock w- witnessed a band at a festival condemn surveillance culture and corporations while surrounded by the same institutions. He said, I'm not trying to call anybody a sellout. I just feel like people at this point don't think you can do it another way anymore. It's just so accepted. It's like, oh, yeah, we got to do this thing this way. There's going to be corporate sponsors at this thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it definitely feels that way sometimes, especially, you know, when you get your tickets from the same two companies online, even for smaller venues now. Yeah. I mean, everything he says in festival song just like is very punchy and just kind of feels, I mean, it's correct. I don't know. Like I was uh, like from the beginning, like right at the end of hash rash going in when he says, I want the song of the American dorm room. just like trying to get those like college goers and who is like you know a huge i mean that's i'm assuming he kind of uses that as like college kids are probably like the biggest target of this like kind of corporate like sellout kind of culture of like making punk cool to the masses Mm -hmm. i mean like there was one time that uh i think it was actually it might have been 2015 I, I could be wrong that I went to uh, Bonnaroo. This is the only time I went to Bonnaroo. Like, awesome festival. It was great. But they, like, festivals like that always have, like, the punk act. And it's always, like, one big one. And the time that I went uh, was for Against Me. And I, I see Against Me several times. Like, I love all their albums. Like, I love everything about them. And so I'm like, hey, I have to go. But 
I feel like I was the only person that was like in that punk culture there. And it was all these people who have been, you know, rolling and just like, you know, partying and people with like pool floaties. And like, it, it looked like a rave crowd, but at an against me show, which was very interesting to me. The vibes <laughs> um, are off. Yeah. The vibes are very off. way off. Um, like, I mean, I was loving the music and, you know, you kind of get lost in it, but still just like, it's a very different vibe when I see them at like, you know, downtown Orlando at the beach or something with like people who are, you know, decked out in like crust punk get ups and stuff, mm-hmm. which I mean, speaking of against me, I did read, what was it? I don't know if it's specifically he saw this, but one of the lines that I put out was a uh, glamorized department store crust punk chic because Satan's trending up and it's fashion week. There was an article that I read about uh, there's like a fashion designer that was selling like a leather jacket with against me patches on it for like 700 bucks. Fuck. Yep. And like just him talking about those, like glamorizing that. Yep. With without their permission either, mind you. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. Like no bands don't permit this at all. Of course um, not. But I don't know. It got me thinking of um, a time actually back in Jacksonville, August. I don't know if you remember. Do you remember the band that we, me and Woody played with a long time ago called The Pins? Yes. So they had a like a clothing store in Jack's Beach called, I believe it was called 33 Star. It's not there anymore, where it was all punk clothing and like leather pants, studded belts, all the stuff. And they were selling shirts you could get at like Hot Topic of like 70s, like punk bands and stuff hmm. for like 30 to 40 bucks. And it was like, I don't know, it just is very funny to me thinking about that because these were kids, I think we were like 14 or 15, who had like just the entire leather pants, like loved like Operation Ivy and like Dead Kennedys and stuff. But they were uh, from definitely the richer part of Jacksonville and they had all of the nicest things and like selling, being a part of like this store that just kind of like, you know, just embodies everything that Jeff is talking about here. (laughs) And I don't know. I I was just like, wow, that this is literally I have seen this in my life, not just in adulthood, but like, I don't know, one of those things that you think of like growing up and you're just like, this is cool. Like, yeah, oh, like before you understand everything. Yeah. And looking back, it's like, wow, that was oh, that's kind of gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that store. I didn't know that the band was related to it in any way. Yeah, I don't think they like owned it, but or maybe they're their parents helped them. I don't remember exactly. All I know is uh, one of them became a cop and then a drag racer. So yeah, it's it's fine. Jesus. Yeah. That checks out, huh? Yeah. Jeez. And they were doing Dead Kennedys covers. Anyway, uh, back to Jeff. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> another thing that I thought was interesting, and I know he didn't he didn't like write it this way, but just something that I thought of when reading it is like the chorus talking about like, oh, they wouldn't be your friend if you you weren't worth something. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like there's like a double entendre in that. Um, and I think I'm just, I could just be reading into it, but like, obviously he's talking about like, Hey, corporations are going to take something from you. Like just based on what you like and how you feel. But I also kind of found it a little empowering just saying that like, Hey, if you feel like you're not worth anything, you are. Cause these people are trying to feed off of you, yeah. you know? So like, it's a, it's a little bit of like, going back to saying like you are not nothing you are not powerless these people in power know you have something worth taking Hmm. that's really interesting yeah that's a great way of looking at that you know they're only powerful we give out Mm -hmm. we have if we don't 
they really can't do anything. It's a really interesting, interesting way of looking at that. I kind of also saw it that um, there wouldn't be a friend if it weren't worth something. And the irony is that to a lot of these companies, we aren't worth anything. It's just our money, right? That's yeah. the only thing. So the irony is that like we, we aren't worth anything, but we just have, even if we only have $20 in our wallet left to our name, hey, you're still worth something to them for that. Yeah. That's that's true. Too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and coming up, there are a lot of themes of like, yeah, we just not being able to like, not just like pay for things, but like being able to, be able to pay to survive almost, and yet they're still willing to take that the little we have. Mm-hmm. They played the, Jeff. He played the song at Pitchfork, at the Pitchfork Festival one year. I'm assuming probably 2016, and he was critiquing the commercialism and sponsorship at pitchfork there at the festival that day which like is ironic but it's not unfitting you know that i feel like this song should be should be playing at a festival like the pitchfork festival right like these people don't care about you you know they're trying to sell you pitchfork branded like bath towels <laughs> yeah and i mean it's funny that like he he can play this at any festival and like he's like i don't know i know he'll be up there and just be like Hey, I know I'm playing this song at this festival. I'm also at this festival. You know, we're all here. But I think it's it's really just like an eye-opening type thing. To like, he even says like, we're not stupid people, but this financial oppression has got everyone believing all that we can do is nothing. Which is just it, because like it, you know, people are like, oh, we can't do anything about this. I can't fight Live Nation or Ticketmaster or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But hey, they're still asking you for something. <laughs> they're still yeah. trying to get your money. But yeah, love it. Also, again, the vocalization, love it. The hey, hey, hey. Oh, yeah, very like crowd singable stuff. Like, it's a lot of chanting. It's a lot of like, you know, the whole idea of like, we are together in this. Anyone who's listening to this, you're not who I'm talking about. <laughs> like, they're like, I'm talking about you, but people are taking advantage of you and us. So let's chant together. Let's get together. Yep. Do we want to do we want to try to do the woe woes together? Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's do it. I'm gonna blame. There's a lag somewhere. It's 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 not us. I swear. There's absolutely a lag. <laughs> it's gonna. Sound, it sounds great. No, no, we sound great. Don't worry. Yeah. Hey, we'll fix it in post. No, I won't. I can't. I can't. can't Post. No, this is worry. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I think we can move on to the next song. Track four. Staring out the window at your old apartment. Oh, this is so sad. (laughs) Yeah. I love this song, but oh, dude, like not being able to pay for a place. It's just like, it's just everything getting more expensive or for nothing. I don't know. <laughs> like, I think we've all, we've all been to places that have, I don't know, there's some sort of like crack in the wall or just a, it's clear the paint is covering something up or like, Hey, this'll, this'll help get more rent. Like mm-hmm. the straight up set that they're like, Imagining the old you stumbling through tacky renovations that the landlord wanted to cash in on the boom. God, man. <laughs> yep. Living somewhere 
and you have your landlord or whoever who's supposed to you know help you take care of you, but them completely just looking past you for that boom to gentrification going on like that sucks. Instead of being seen as someone to help with, to help live and work with, now you're an obstacle in what used to be an affordable, familiar place. And then you leave, you come back two years later, even a year later, and nothing, just your own apartment that was Hunt's home is now unrecognizable. Yeah. Terrible. Terrible. And of course, you know, this album, the idea of gentrification and capitalism and affordability come back and back and they ring true, you know, especially mm-hmm. you know, here in Miami, just that's been the story of South Florida for the past, what, probably 10 years. Yeah. Um, and like going through this album again, it's just, it's crazy how fresh it all still hits. Yeah. And like the kind of, it's almost like a playfulness in the, you don't, or, and you don't know where to go now. You've got nowhere to go now. Like just that little bit of like, it's almost like that, like, you've got nowhere to go now. You got nowhere to go now, kind of thing. But it's mm. also sad and somber. Like, ah, it's like, hey, like, I know you don't have anywhere to go now. The landlord knows you don't have anywhere to go now because every everyone's trying to tack on extra rent for all this really bad renovations and stuff. <laughs> it's a, definitely a sadder one, I think. Um, I do like, I mean, this is with all of the songs here that like, I know songs are inherently like poems in themselves, but because of just like the shortness of these songs and repetition, it just, it really has that, like, it has just certain lines that like you want to hammer home and just feels just a little more poetic to me for some reason. Just, and this is, this is one of them that kind of like, it almost goes into like that somberness going from like festival song now to this one. Uh, where right. it just like kind of drags it back down and then you kind of just like flow almost like in like sing you to sleep type kind of way. Hmm. Way of thinking of it. Like a, a Jeff Rosenstock lullaby. Kind of. Like I, I definitely don't want this to be the last thing I hear when I go to bed. Uh, <laughs> to, to what I'll dream of. But at the same time, a lot of these some people wake up to this stuff. So it's, right. Yeah. Yeah. For some people this is their dream. This is the dream they didn't ask for <laughs> the city doesn't care if you live or die. It's just going to grow and it doesn't care why. Oh, I did. Yeah. Bam. That God, that hits <laughs> that. That's, I don't know. Like, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's like you said, like that's very poetic, but it is what it is. And it is so blunt and to the point. <laughs> incredibly, incredibly, which is something I like about his songwriting. You know, it's uh, being poetic without being confusing or too in the weeds and being blunt and straightforward without being, you know, very dull, right? Mm-hmm. No, with no flexibility, no room, no personality. Yeah, it's not, and it doesn't sound like, um, obviously, like everything he talks about are serious issues, but nothing sounds super, like, I want to say preachy or anything. Um, like you know, just uh, like you're saying, August, about him like wanting to get this out to like a bigger audience. There are some things where there are going to be people who are like, "All right, you've hit this. Like, you just keep hitting this on the head." And I, I get it, I get it. But this like is so blunt. It's like simple and not too many words. That it's like I feel bad that this is happening. <laughs> like, yeah. okay, this is something that needs to be fixed. You know, it's it doesn't feel like what's the oh like. It doesn't feel like he's like beating a dead horse or anything. 
that kind yeah. of like analogy of like, oh, it is no, this I get it. Like I'm with you here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it never feels like beating a dead horse. Such a good way of putting it. All right. Well, the next track is "Wave Goodnight to Me." This is the second single, and again, this one is about gentrification. Yes. YouTube music. My algorithm, whenever it's recommending me songs, this song always comes up without fail, depending on who I'm listening to. The <laughs> album will end, and then Wave Goodnight to Me starts, which I never am mad about. The song is great. It has a very like beachy surf vibe with the guitar. I feel like I'm, it takes me, which is what he's trying to do, right? So the song's a, a reaction to the closure of Death by Audio, right? That legendary amazing brooklyn diy venue and it's just this looking at anger and sorrow and watching this community that he was a part of just literally gone by gentrifying corporations like vice which is yeah which is the big one <laughs> yeah i mean this this one really gets home too just from like not only like going to shows and going to venues that no longer exist but like even like playing them and like talking to the people that work there and just kind of building communities in different places and them not being there anymore really hit home for me and uh luckily it didn't close down but like a lot of places are almost closing down in like uh, 2020. This could have been a really real thing. Um, I know there was a, there's a big push for here in Orlando. Will's pub was like significantly struggling. And luckily before they went fully under, they're like, Hey, like crowdfund crowd, like community source, like some way to save Will's. And luckily it's, it's still here today, but like, I'm just wondering like, what would it be? Like what, Mm -hmm. what kind of, upscale like bar or restaurant would it have been turned into would it have been a place for art and music to grow i don't know since then there's been so many different almost like upscale spaces like kind of growing around wills like on the same street and like just in orlando specifically that it's I don't know. It's very, it's kind of heartbreaking to see some of these places close and just, mm-hmm. you know, get turned into like, I don't know, another super upscale bar that kind of prices out people that went for like $4 PBRs. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and don't get me wrong, I still go to those places, but you can't have just those places either. No, of course. Um, and one thing I was like, I was looking, trying to research the song too. And I guess there is a documentary about Death by Audio, I think. Yes. I think it was called Good Night Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, where they were like talking or like just watch some clips from it, not realizing that like people were like doing demoing in that warehouse that Death by Audio was while they were still open so like people's equipment was just like getting destroyed from like water coming through the ceiling and like uh uh, just like all this stuff happening and it's wild that uh when he says like they spent the last five years yelling come on come on come on get out of here i don't know just the fact that i don't know if it lasted like five years i don't know that that far into it but that's just wild it's just like a full-on pushing them out Mm -hmm. rather than just saying hey someone bought the space you have this time to move out they're like no we're gonna all right, wait till your lease is up or whatever, but we're going to keep going whether you like it or not. Yeah, that's terrible. And I really like, uh, I don't know if you guys saw the music video for this song. It was just very funny to me. No, I haven't seen it. 
So, it, I mean, it's basically like, it's like a party or uh, it might be a wedding. I, I can't remember fully, but like Jeff just like comes in in a suit. He's all like happy-go-lucky and just like, hey, what's going on? And then all these people are just like looking at him and like kind of scoffing at him. Like they don't want him there. <laughs> and at some point, like I think it's during like the guitar solo, he'll like pick up the guitar and just start wailing on it. And that's when everyone freaks out and just starts kind of pushing him out. And I was like, I'm just here to have fun. I'm just trying to do my thing. And, you know, it's it's nice. And they're just like, no, we, we don't want you here. I don't care what you're doing. Like, get up, get up. Um, oh. It's just like a very like kind of tongue in cheek way for the whole story <laughs> to be told. But yeah, I don't know. Very, very sad. It was like, I mean, with death by audio and just, oh, the line when he talks about, um, again, with the talking about the city is like, wave goodnight to the sleepless city, too tired to fight. They're pushing you out in the name of progress and then selling your memories to the tourists. Mm-hmm. Just like, hey, death by audio used to be here, you know, like, hey, this was such a great space for people to like come out and like, you know, like huge bands came through here. Like, I feel like that always happens. And I don't know. I know one thing it's like for history and like people to be inspired by, but just for just the sole fact of like, you can make a buck off of it is also very, very sad. <laughs> yep. And that in line, wave goodnight to the seafood city to try to fight. Looking, you know, because New York is a city that never sleeps, but if the city never sleeps, but probably got population struggling, you know, fighting sleep, trying to keep its identity. Yeah. Is it really this? And honestly, like it isn't the city that never sleeps at some, some places because gentrification brings people that want quiet and ending like these identities and cultures, people that places that you have people up all hours of the night mm-hmm. and in the morning aren't there anymore because of these people pushing you out and saying it's progress. So like it, not only yeah. is it's all different, the city isn't the same. And it's not just there, but everywhere. Well, in the same fact that like too tired to fight, like how many how many of these buildings have been like just gone over and revamped and like, you know, okay, there was a cool DIY thing. Okay, that left. And then now here's a new bar. Oh, that got dingy. Okay, here's more. And they just keep building on top of on top of things. Yeah. And I mean, at, at the end of the day, like, you know, it's gonna be nothing but like M&M stores. The M&M store in Times Square is probably like, I don't know how long that's been there. <laughs> but like, you know, they're going to stay there forever. <laughs> and there are many other examples. But that's like the most ridiculous thing that I can think of right now. <laughs> is that there's just, you know, there could be so many cool things, but there's a giant M&M store. I for one find a giant M&M store to be very cool. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is so then that's just not my cup of tea. I am very sorry for disrespecting uh, <laughs> love of M&M stores. But uh, at the same time, okay, you got right across the street, the giant forever 21 sign too. That's not going anywhere. My God. I don't know. And I know Times Square is a bad example <laughs> for this. Cause, but I think that's ultimately like he talks about just like, you know, someone at the top who's going to try and just push people out. Like these are kind of the things that I think of uh, when they're at the center of like center of the city, essentially. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Wave goodnight to me. That's, that's, that's the last thing I got to say about, about that. All right. We'll keep moving along here. Track six to be a ghost. This one I kind of find funny just because i mean it's very accurate but I, I found this to be just like talking about current internet culture with like obviously like fuck off the internet i'm tired of circling amongst apologists who love ignoring the reality of unarmed civilians executed publicly and that that's very clearly and well i mean there's another song literally about this too of like just like comment sections arguing about like police brutality <laughs> 
like that just very much right off the bat they want you to be a ghost when they rob you of your hope literally just like disrespecting not only the dead but also like just of everything that just happened and i find it funny just because like jeff is he definitely started off like especially with bob and everything like getting his music out like through the internet and like just releasing it for free for people and saying like hey everyone deserves to listen and just like cultivating this like internet presence and then just seeing how especially now when the internet's and everything that people just i don't know target each other and target things that happen unfortunately there are humans on the internet so they're going to do human things yeah um (laughs) and obviously like it's internet culture as a whole he's talked about like born as a data mine for target marketing like that's such a hilarious messed up thing to think about (laughs) especially as like you know, you get younger and younger and you might not have a credit card, but still, hey, little children are like, mom, dad, I want that. I want this. I see this. Yeah. yeah. Our internet existence is data mined for marketing. And we, like you know, he says, you know, we're all in these appalled people ignoring people getting killed in this country by police, by racists, by homophobes, etc. And our proximity to the internet to our phone saw this it has uh what's the word it has desensitized us and so people just go on you put on a hashtag you put on something and you just go on about it but then at the same time kind of how you said you know how he like going using internet to promote bomb setting things up for free like he says in the bridge i rush to my phone because i don't want to feel alone they force us to grow into a world without a soul and it's like you don't want to be attached to this thing that is causing you to lose yourself and lose your humanity in a sense, but everyone is on it and you can't advertise and market yourself without it, without being a data mind thing to market. And it's this, it's the cycle. And what I like about this song, especially is that in, in the songs and Jeff as well, you know, it's really easy. An album may have like a overall idea that comes to a head at the end, the climax, which is fine, but I like how he has a solution or at least, you know, a call to, doing something about this at the end of to be a ghost you know mm. if you're tired of being told to stop complaining about the cold burn those fuckers in their homes right like burn yeah. the <laughs> right to their bones like if they refuse to see you they can't stop you right if they refuse yeah. to treat you as you know a human like well then if they refuse to just see us and we can do what we want and to break that break that cycle it's a very we're not we're about bare, kind of halfway ish to the album and he's like you can do this and that right there is kind of an answer to a lot of the things, right? The things are taken mm-hmm. away from us is how we will get to the bottom of this community coming together, doing what they don't mm-hmm. want us to do. Um, yeah. I think it's great. I also love the synths in this song, the little haunting synths at the beginning. And then when you hear the we kind of kicking in with the synths, it's like haunting, it's chilling a little bit. Yeah. I think great song. And I think it's also, it's great because I, I believe this is the last song on side A. Um, yes. Yeah. That and it ends with like we talked about all this just like stuff we're just sad that's happening <laughs> and just like what reality is and then it ends with but we've got power because they can't stop the things that they refuse to see which is also like to be honest they refuse they like you know the opposition on here kind of just like refuse to see him or like everyone he's talking about like just see them in general see what's happening see the people so of course they can't do anything to stop us because they don't even believe that what we're doing exists. So <laughs> they're just not going to be in the way. Uh, and it's just like that kind of just that it's that empowerment, but it's like 
I like that he has these little lines of power because it just goes with that feeling of everything just feels so messed up. But hey, you got this. We're going to do it. We got this. Yeah. And then uh, and then I feel like when it goes to side B, it starts to like pick up more in that. It, it really does. I think on that note, I think we can move on to side B. Side B starts with Pietro, 60 years old. The first track of side B. It's so cute. I love the story with this one. It's so adorable. Yeah. Brad, do you want to tell the story? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so yeah, Pietro, 60 years old, very short, like just a tiny little song. But so like when he was writing this, like in 2015, uh, he got married to his wife. And when they were going to pick up like their wedding papers, they saw this like little couple getting married as well, but they didn't really speak English. They had no witnesses or anything. And uh, Jeff's like, hey, we'll be your witnesses. And so they were, they witness this marriage and it's just it's adorable i think uh, jeff said in an interview that he loved the idea of like finding your person uh, like kind of towards the end of your days and that like that being your like final person and then he's also talking about like thinking about them living in new york where there's all of these like luxury apartments and if they were like upended and like kicked out like they don't they just kind of do what they're told. Like they don't know very much English or anything and like how that would be. Uh, and he says that with like, they'll feed us directives in some language that we don't know and we don't have to know because it's just mm-hmm. a fact. And I, I love how just like, just how personal that story is. Not only with like him finding love and like him getting married to love of his life and then seeing someone else in like a completely different stage of life. And I don't know, it just, it's so beautiful. I think he even said he also found it beautiful that like he will never see them again and he doesn't think they'll ever know there's a song written about them, <laughs> which is kind of nice to think about. A big theme on this song, really I think on Jeff's music in general is, you know, finding that you know, no matter what happens, all this BS that dealing with consumerism, capitalism, gentrification, racism, all that, that you can still find that happiness, that true happiness, that love with someone or with something that transcends beyond these fleeting things. These things are fleeting, but that true love is a lifelong thing. And it's a it's great to start off with Pietro, 60 years old, because then everything after is kind of like, here's what we're gonna go through and experience and keep experiencing in our capacities like as a couple, like in this love, in this true love, and what we can and will remain steadfast against. And mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a beautiful, cute song and a really great way to start off the second part. So I'd be. And I, also just like the the first lines, um, I mean, I didn't even think about this before because like you, you hear it from Jeff singing it, but when you like read the words, it almost, it is like a wedding vow, like from Pietro's wife, like Pietro, 60 years old, will you wait for me? Keep me warm in the cold. Will you stay with me in Brooklyn Heights? Almost just like, not only is he witnessing this marriage and this love, but just like he just experiencing that vow of whatever, like whatever happens, you're going to be with me in this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, lo- I love that. It's not a full song also. Like I I'm a sucker for those like little interludes, little, like just like few line things that have like so much power and like lead you somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it makes me want more. Like I want more of this song. 
which of course leading into the next song he still has that like little guitar riff of and just like shows you hey we're gonna continue this just not with this song (laughs) (laughs) yeah so track eight i did something weird last night it's a love song (laughs) it's it's just perfectly simple way to put it it's goes straight from like a wedding he's witnessing from old love or like you know just at least people old older people in love into a love song you know about someone he just met yeah he said he wrote it about his now wife as the two were beginning their relationship which is so cute it's amazing oh it's so sweet and you know really relating to that idea of uncertainty you know oh this is weird she liked that, that I like that. Are we cool with this? Am I going to regret this? She going to regret this? Like the really early, like burgeoning stages of a relationship, which um, are frightening, but exciting, which I think he depicts that so well, right? Like, I hope that we feel the same. Hope that I'm not reading into this too much. It's a kiss. It's, it's very relatable, very understanding without feeling or sounding, you know, not dated, but sounding like um, overly cheesy. And it's okay if it is too, right? Like that's kind of the point of this, these like initial feelings coming up. That's how you kind of express it. Yeah. And I mean, like even in each of the choruses, like speaking of with that, like this isn't cheesy, but he even says that he uses like, was it one course he says, well, you want to see me or you just want to sneak away. Did I creep you out like a scary movie? And then changes it to, will you sneak away? Will you kiss me hard like a garbage movie? And I think the last one is, will you kiss me hard like some shit in a terrible movie? And then ending with that, each of those of like, hey, these are like the movies and the tropes we've seen. I hope that we feel the same. They're like, I'm, you know, are you going to go go away from me? Or do you want to, is this a thing? Is this what I've seen in all of the movies? Like, <laughs> is what what's going on here? Um, <laughs> and I even like in the refrains where he, he starts and everything so unexpectedly started to feel like a dream and I couldn't stop drifting out when the magic would spin. And then the whole verse talking about are the two of us imagining seven hour round trips to each other's beds. And then going back to the refrain saying everything so unexpectedly started to change in the dream, but I was preoccupied with how the magic would end. And like that idea of like, you know, starting a relationship, everything's so good but you kind of have to keep yourself from thinking like, oh no, this is going to end somehow. Like how, how can I ruin this? How can this be bad now? And that kind of, I don't know, that can take over your thoughts, but he's trying to like, he wants to focus on like, well, I see you again. Like, can I, can this keep going? Especially with the line, because nothing intangible remains sustainable and hope is a scheme. And just that self-doubt in there of like, no, this this isn't real. It's like I can't hold it, so it's not real and I can't keep it, right? Like this can't be a thing. Um obviously they're married, so it it's sustained so far, you know, which is great. But just how real that feels of like even the best feeling, somehow I feel like this isn't going to stay. But I hope it does. Yeah. But it, but it felt all right. Sure, it sure did. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We got to start banging these out. So we've got track nine, Blast Damage Days. Luckily, I think this is the start of the sweeping through everything. <laughs> uh, yep. Fantastic. I love this song and actually doing research and like going into it. I love it even more. I want to say <laughs> it's so sweet. Like it's this is kind of the start of where okay, after um, where the love of the whole album sets in and like becomes a thing, uh, just talking about everything, everything bad that he talked about in the wake of the American craze, the overtime, underpaid, these are the Amazon days. 
at the end of it, he just says, I'm never letting go of you. Like at the end of everything bad that's going on in his world, never letting go of you. It always comes back to love. Yep. 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 Steadfast love in the face of reality. The blast damage days, the blast damage age. You know, what are what is the blast damage age? Is I think it's something I want to ask you because you know, he says we're the blast damage age where we can't love anything because they keep us afraid. I think the blast damage age that's the damage after like the bomb goes off. I think that like he's talking about like the apocalypse is already happening or like things are getting bad and we're like on the edge. So when every like shit hits the fan and we're in that like we're in the fallout of everything going on. I'm going to be there kicking, fighting, beating, and screaming, and I'm not letting go of you. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> hmm. I like that. Even when he says, like, okay, we are the blast damage age where we can't love anything because they keep us afraid. Like, that's him saying, like, oh, everything sucks and keeping us down. And just saying, like, even going back to, like, they want you to be a ghost. You know, that kind of, like, hey, everyone wants to keep you down because you can't do anything because you, you're so tired to fight. Like, all of these kind of feelings. And he's like, you can't love anything because they keep us afraid. But I'm not letting go of you, the person mm-hmm. that I do love. And I'm going to keep kicking and fighting and beating and screaming because we're together in this. Like, you know, I'm mm-hmm. fighting for something. Yeah, we'll work through it together. Yeah. Love in the face of adversity. Next track that follows Bang on the Door, track 10. Honestly, I this is one of my favorite tracks on there. It's just fun, which is funny because reading and researching, like, it's just fear of eviction, really. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, there's a bang at the door. Hey, we can pretend it's not happening. Wait till it goes away. And he says, we can avoid the telephone. It's a number we don't know, but we don't even know what they're going to say. It's really simple. It's fast hitting, but the bridge. It's a perfect time to just talk about the bass in this entire album, all of his albums, but the bass is so good. It's it's yeah. very simple in this one. I think the next the next song is even way like so fun by trade. I am a bassist and I find it way more fun than like even guitar and just like the things you can do with it. And it just makes me feel so fun and tapping my feet and just want to go and so playful and yeah, I could go on about that, and it's like a five-second part. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> that's all I got to say. It's it's so good. Yeah, no, it's an incredibly fun song about the anxieties of being forcibly removed from your home and also living in fear from your judging neighbors who themselves would gladly throw you out the street if they can make a quick buck. Mm-hmm. Paranoia is fun. <laughs> yeah. Yep, the constant, you know, not to go back to the title, but the constant worry. <laughs> the constant worry is so great. <laughs> All right. All right, track 11, Rainbow. The, the medley most, continues. Yeah, with the most ska song on the album. Like, yeah. going back to, the, I don't know, just those upstrokes. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I love it. And, I mean, it's still talking about the same thing. It's like, you know, if banging at the door is the fear of eviction and what's coming, this is, hey, Here's what happens when you get evicted with like the dropping bins and couches on the curb outside. Yep. Please don't take my love away, my home for me today. That begging, please no. And then just the idea, like the one line I had was there's a storm cloud pissing rainbows on the cubes that blossomed on our old street. Oh God. Um, God. Just literally seeing my own street, like I have so many luxury townhomes around me. And I feel like I'm in one of the last, like, you know, 
it's it's fine, but it's like dingier, like you know, duplexes that I can afford. And it's one of those places, things where like, oh, I really hope my landlord doesn't sell this property because then it's all townhomes, and I, I don't know where I'm going to go. I mean, the biggest line, the sign that like of the song that shows the inevitability of like the after effects of it, and it says, "Oh, where can I move when it always finds me? Where else can I stay?" And that's like yeah. the yeah. the biggest thing. They don't give a shit. They don't care. Like we yeah. don't care where you can stay. We're not going to help you find housing. Just you yeah. can't be here. You know, communities in Miami getting upended, and people are like, "My affordable community is now outpricing me. Where do I go?" My neighbors, the community next to me, is also outpricing me. I can't really live here. I can't really, do I go north where it's happening there as well? Do I just leave the state where it's also happening there? It's, you know, where do we live? I mean, we all, we all get homeless. Where do we go? What happens next? We just, yeah. You know. And with that line, I'm like a magnet pulling the storm. Just like, oh, that feeling that it always follows me. Like, I, I like to think at least, I don't know. I've grown to find it feels like, okay, it's just happening everywhere rather than it always finds me. But at the same time, like everywhere you go, it's it's like, how many years can I stay here before this happens again? And then again, and you know, because it's happening everywhere. Yeah. But I do love just how it ends and then going into the next song is perfect <laughs> as well. Like if if you guys want to move on, just like that segue into Planet Luxury. Oh, yeah, and then Planet yeah. Luxury hits you with just 30 seconds of, here's the message we're trying to tell you. Yeah, starts with that kick and the police sirens, which yep. I, I kind of, like, I imagine that that's when, like, evictions go bad, almost, and, like, someone has to call the cops to kick you out. And then it's finally, like, the break, like, the breaking point of everything we've been building. Like, you've had going from those ebbs and flows as like this kind of depressing valleys and even like the like the highs are like playful about it and then the slower songs kind of dip you into that more depressing reality mm-hmm. and then bang at the door to rainbow like builds it up builds it up and then planet luxury is just 30 seconds of screaming how you feel about every everyone in like power essentially <laughs> everyone yep. uh, in a higher class than you. Yep. And they always I want more. I uh, I think I wrote here just literally the American dream. <laughs> just like it's the built a dream on guarantees of luxury and sold it like it's magic to the poor. They trick you into thinking all it takes is just a little bit of effort once your foot is in the door. Like, whew. yeah, it's I mean, that's half the song, <laughs> but it's just like you said, 30 seconds of just saying like straight up, hey, this is this is what you're getting sold. And I have not felt that at all. And it just keeps, everything keeps crumbling down around me so you can build it up for more. It's kind of like that idea. I think I've talked with people about this of like the further you go or if like you do get built up, it feels like the highest, like say promotion or in like jobs or anything is you can get to middle management, but there will always be someone higher above you. And that like, okay, if you want to start your own business, like, you know, make something of yourself, like you're told and try and do that. Pretty much at this point, you build it big enough until someone who like another corporation that's richer will buy it from you. And you can just be like, all right, I, I got a payout, but there's still someone above me kind of thing. Yep. You know, like even that little bit of effort, you're in the door, there's still someone above you to take from it. Yep. And it never ends. It never stops there. It never stops there. Mm-hmm. All right, track 13 is Hell Hole. <laughs> I just wrote more anti capitalist shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's kind of where it's going. It's, 
it's funny like i i knew that like this whole album is anti-capitalist but like again i was obsessed with this album when it came out and like i still listen to it all the time like this came out 2016 me and my fiance we got uh we started dating in 2019 one of the first things that we like talked about and like connected over was this album too it's always been there but now like doing a deep dive like this it's like oh yeah you're right jeff you're right <laughs> hellhole specifically like i feel like it's just you got everything out planet luxury like you're you're screaming about the stuff and now you're a little you're out of breath and just being like look this is what we want it's just this is what working class this is how we feel i lost it there for a second please don't make me lose it again i just don't want to live inside a hellhole like i don't want to waste all of my energy on all these assholes you know you just you just want it to stop please yep consumerism please stop you know yeah <laughs> which yeah it's from seedy landlords to corporations to just consumerism really plaguing society making us want more when we already have more than anyone should have or needs you know i don't want to live here i don't, I don't live in that yeah i just i i just want like i just want something to be different something to be a little better for everyone for myself and everyone obviously everyone wants like everyone wants their lives to be better but at the same time like we know so many people going through this uh and it really shows going back to like the chanting in the last chorus of just like we 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 don't want to do this we are together in this yep. and then just finally saying i'm gone like I feel like that's kind of the I'm gone of like, you've been trying to kick me out so, so much. Hey, this is how I feel. You don't care though. All right. I'm gone. Now let someone else take in. Exactly that. The medley continues with June 21st track 14. I feel like this is like his turning point a little bit. This is one of those that goes back to the themes of love, like with Mm -hmm. his wife and everything. But it's just saying again, going back to all of this shit that we're talking about. I don't know. It's time to trade the darkness for a view. It's beautiful out there. There's nothing I'd rather do than slay the nightmare arm in arm with you. Like we're going to get through this together, which is very cute because I found on Reddit that uh, June 21st is their anniversary. <laughs> so yeah. it's their anniversary. And then it's also the uh, summer solstice. Yep. So when he's named like, Winter was the worst we've ever seen. We made it through the freeze. Like, hey, everything's thawing out. Let's now it's 84 degrees forever. It's done. Let's just let's fuck it up. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> I think it's so cute because he's saying it's 84 degrees forever now that we're married. Oh, see, that's even cuter. <laughs> okay. I didn't even think about that. I just thought that was a nice temperature. <laughs> that's so yeah. Wow. Yeah. We made it through let's fuck it up. That's that's I like that description of the song. Then track 15, The Fuzz, with things like gentrification, excuse me, capitalism comes, police, yes. a lot of over-policing. Straight up, just The Fuzz. Fuzz, <laughs> right? A lot of unfair policing, innocent people getting killed, slaughtered, as Jeff mm-hmm. says. But I really do like, in between this, again, the through line of together, love you know i want to hold you i'm afraid i'll squeeze too tight till the energy leaves your body and the tears fall from your eyes and the song ends saying i'm gonna i'm gonna squeeze you tight until i feel your heart restarting and bring the joy back to your life i think it's a great 
contrast to the pain brought on by the fuzz. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Like I, uh, I felt that too. Like want to squeeze too tight, and the energy leaves your body. Like just the idea that like I'm here. Like I want to protect you, but now I'm like I'm holding so tight, and I'm so stressed out that I'm hurting you, kind of thing. Like that just, uh, it like hurts to hear. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and like, it's, it's nice that like, obviously it like goes back into like fear your heart restarting and bring the joy back to your life. But like, just that idea that like, we're so drained because of this and like when it starts out, I can't say I'm feeling violent, but it's hard not to sometimes. Like, I mean, anything you see from Jeff, like he's very vocal, very, you know, very active, just caring about everyone. But like, he just is like, again, he's nothing but like, Hey, everyone get along. We're in these spaces together. We're in this world together. Like we're just kind of like love everybody. Let's have a good time. All right, how we feel on the inside, like let's be together and joyous. And yeah, it's just like I don't want to feel this way, but how can you not when you know people are dying? And especially when it says like innocent get slaughtered and the guilty get a fine. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's hours long conversation that is you know not what we're here for but all of this is but it's just saying that with like two lines and just you just hear it and you're like again yeah so this is how yeah no i'm i'm pretty angry cool you're angry awesome we're angry together yep but just like going back into that all you want to do is like hey your loved ones that are right next to you like squeezing them and holding on to them because again no matter what is bad out there like bad going on in the world like you have having someone to hold on to is like Mm -hmm. the best feeling always it makes it so much easier to weather this terrible storm Mm -hmm. which glides us into track 16 while you're alive there's a lot of good commentary on genius i don't normally look at genius because i hate the way that their website layout is but (laughs) but they've got this little about section at the bottom and people can can contribute in there and this one said the title while you're alive is the second half of the ellipses started 10 tracks earlier on to be a ghost the whole sentence reading to be a ghost while you're alive the sentence reads as a thesis statement to worry I love that so much. Just the fact that like, and I, <laughs> I agree with you about genius. Cause I, that's where I saw that too, <laughs> but just like seeing that and connecting the dots lit- quite literally in the ellipsis um, makes so much sense. And I love that statement so much. And it kind of all, like, it brings the whole album, like wraps it all up in your head. It's like once you listen to it and then you realize that it's like, Oh, okay. That one line just, I spent 37 minutes hearing this one line and it makes so much sense. I just, I, I love that. <laughs> but I, I also love that this goes back to like going back from the world to like more like interpersonal, I'm assuming like between him and his wife and obviously just like to you and a loved one, just talking about like, I want to let you know while you're alive because everyone loves you when you die, but when it matters, they're not there, they're not there. And then saying, gotta let you know while you're alive. Just saying, like, again, like, I love you. And just talking about, like, how special it is. Because, you know, if there are people in your life that you want to say, I love you, but no one does, I will always be right here and tell you how much it matters. You matter to me, how much Mm -hmm. you matter to the world, even if you don't hear it all the time. 
And also, like, because I'll be a disaster when you die. Chubby body, no hair, don't care. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care at all <laughs> how what you look like, what anything that happens between us. Like, I'm gonna break down. That is what will ruin me. Yeah, and you don't want to go without yourself or someone else to go without. You know the regrets. People deserve to know that you care, that you love them, that you're there for them while they're here. You know. Mm-hmm. people coming around acting like they knew you and that they cared so much about you and everything after you die is so annoying. I can only imagine not annoying. Annoying is, is you know, underselling it is stupid. It's, it's fucked up and it's really, and people that you care about tell them, you love them now. Cause if something happens, they pass away earlier than anyone expected. And you have some, you know, people that haven't talked to you with them in years coming back to say, Oh, they were great people, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's like, it's so frustrating. It's so mm-hmm. frustrating. So I'm gonna let you know while you're live because that you know I love you. Like in the end, you know the end of the song, it's worry. Love is worry, right? Love is caring, worrying about the ones that you love. Through yeah, this tumult, to all this, all the tumultuous periods, all the ups and downs. To worry is to love because you wouldn't worry if you don't love them, and that's the other thing, right? Like corporations, capitalism, consumerism, like the marketing. There's no worrying about the individual because they don't care about you. They don't love you. They don't, they they don't, they just want your money, your wallet, your your data to mine. And they can show and act like they love you after you pass away, right? Because they've sucked you dry. They've sucked you to death. They've taken everything they can out of you. And now they're like, oh, they were so great while they're alive. (laughs) It's cold. It's stone cold. There's nothing there. But it's the community and the people here that see you in action, fight with you, fight for you. They are the ones who worry. They're the ones who love. Yeah. And I mean, that's, you know, in this in conversation about that, if someone's like, I'm worried that this will happen. I'm worried about this person or this group. It's like, that is a showing of love. And also like the idea that, you know, I feel like worrying is seen in a negative way a lot because it is, it's like a sad emotion. It's more seen as a negative emotion. So you're like, oh, you worry too much. Oh, like why are you worry about everything? Oh, like worrying pains you. It gives you a little bit of pain and anxiety so why are you doing it but you know if someone wasn't worried like if someone says get home safe or let me know when you get home safe and you don't let them know and they're worried they're like hey i got home safe why are you worried it's like because i care because i want to know that you're safe it just brings that whole idea of worrying into into a positive space mm-hmm. and with that like right before it when he says uh it's not like it's not a love like they showed us on TV. I find it so funny that like he says at first in um, I did something weird last night. We talk about, will you kiss me hard? Like some shit in a terrible movie, just referring to movies. And now he's saying, it's not like any of that. When we first started dating, I'm like, Hey, are you going to do that? Like, are we, are we going to, is this like a love like TV and stuff? And then realizing, no, even though that's nice, like it's not what is on TV. This is a home that can burn. It's a limb to freeze. Like it is, our love is like, it's something that's like so important. It's like life or death to me. Yeah. And so yes, I'm going to worry about you because I love you. Mm-hmm. I think it's really sweet. And I, I like thinking about that as the thesis to the album. And when you think about it in terms of, okay, well, if love is worry, then the name of the album means love. Mm-hmm. And the whole album is about loving each other and 
you know, all of the capitalist bullshit that we hate, we hate it because we love ourselves and, and we love the people around us. And we, we want everyone to be comfortable and safe and happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the thesis. All right. Are we ready for the last track? Yes. Yep. Oof. Last track. Perfect sound, whatever. Track 17. <laughs> I guess I'll say it kind of what you said, August. You're going into talking about like loving everyone and loving everyone around you and everything and yourself. I think specifically this song is referring to like loving yourself. Like it's a great, it's a great bookend to starting with We Bang to Explode that was talking about like probably like a little bit of weariness about where he was in his life being in like early to mid thirties being in the DIY punk scene people kind of judging it or you know complaining about like the whole scene and everything and now he's literally saying when I'm making for their respect I won't abandon anything shaken awake by regrets I'll try to get back to sleep perfect doesn't exist so like I, I am me I am what I'm going to be kind of thing I have to say that for most of the time that I've been listening to this album, I never paid any attention to the words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I didn't really recognize any of the themes or anything at all about what the album was about until mm-hmm. we were doing this episode. And I really, really love the idea. Like I've, I've been singing along to it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist, but not really understanding that they're saying perfect doesn't exist. And that's like mm-hmm. such an important message for people. And it's good that we're hammering that in. Yeah. It's so interesting too. Like I always, I kind of picture too of like, I, I know this is the song is like, I think very much his personal, like, Hey, perfect doesn't exist. Be okay with yourself. But like, I kind of take it as the bookend of the whole album of like, even all these bad things, like perfect may not exist, but let's get it better kind of thing. Like perfect always takes so long, but we got to fix these things like now. And of course I I could be wrong about that. He doesn't explicitly say that, but I think that's important that like all of these songs, he clearly says what he means. And then this song, he hardly like, he talks about himself in a little bit, but just holds on to, the same thing is perfect always takes so long because it don't exist mm-hmm. so like kind of like take that how you will but like you know do your best i, I want to say it even talks about like going into like activism and like talking about like trying to you know be better in like situations in several or other songs like talking about we're talking about being on the internet and you see like apologists and stuff or like you know like supporting people who need it and being on the internet and some people kind of say like oh nothing i do is gonna help because like i'm just me kind of thing he's just saying wow that takes so long for you to figure out the right thing to do just do it i'll find better words than i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry like all right you just do something be yourself, be who you are and be good and be good to people. I like that. I like the idea that it's also about harm reduction and, you know, just doing what you can, even if it's not going to be the end all be all, it's Mm -hmm. some sort of improvement and you can do, you can always do something, even if it doesn't feel like it's enough. Yeah. I think like one person doing their very tiny part is one less person not doing anything, Mm -hmm. you know? So, and you doing your oh. tiny part inspires other people to do their tiny part. Yeah. But uh, let's see. <laughs> yeah, that's all. I literally perfect sound whatever. I just had 
Perfect doesn't exist. It's you know, straight up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was also what I wrote. <laughs> I think there is a there was a little tidbit I saw that talking earlier about his influences, and I know he's talked about like Pavement being one of his influences. Pavement has an EP called Perfect Sound Forever. That's just a little tidbit. Uh, this is also from Genius saying that that title probably likely influenced the Perfect Sound Whatever title. Yeah, oh, this little fun thing. Yeah, I saw that too. All right, we made it through the album. We didn't spend three hours on it, so I'm very proud of us. <laughs> uh, you, yeah, you could have like five episodes on just Jeff the person and having everything he's done. Yeah, The guy is everywhere. He influences everyone. I don't know. He, obviously, I've met him once and for like a few seconds, but he just seems like a good guy in his songs and everything you see. So I thank you. Thank you so much for letting me come on and talk about him and this amazing album. Oh, thank you for the insight, the conversation, the interpretations. It's always, always welcomed. Well, Brent, do you have anything else to say about what you think makes Jeff Rosenstock special or what you think makes as a band, how you feel about their music? I mean, so many things, but it's going to be repeated from everything we've talked about. Uh, but first and foremost, I, I think as a band, they are just, they're there to have fun and connect to whoever they meet and just put out positive energy in an otherwise like chaotic world, which I know that's what like everyone tries to do that. But with them, it's just, it's always so fun even when you saw with this album or any albums they put out, it's the darkest lyrics can be met with the brightest tones of like fun, punk, ska, any, like any of that, those kind of genres. Like I said, listen to the bass, Jesus. Uh, I'm pretty sure the bassist in like the Jeff Rosenstock band was also the bassist in bottom music industry. So like they've been working together for so long and to just know each other. And uh, yeah, it just, there's always hope in the songs as well. And it's it's so much about not just Jeff himself, but everyone around him and the world at large. Yeah. All right. Well, before we wrap things up here, we normally ask, Bren, what is it that you've been listening to lately? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> well, this, uh, this whole like end of summer has just had so many good albums come out. My God. The amount of albums. So I have to say, not like we've already talked about it enough, but Jeff Rosenstock, Hell Mode, just came out and it's another perfect album. It is so good. Constant collaborator with him, Chris Farron, just put out an, an amazing album called Doom Singer. Just saw him live like last week and my God, it was perfect. If you've never seen Jeff, or sorry, you've never seen Chris, just know it's always a perfect set. Because he tells you that at the end, and because it is a perfect set. <laughs> and then Spanish Love Songs, they came out with their new album, which was a banger as well. Very, I feel like very different than uh, Brave Faces. It's called No Joy. And those are the main three that I've been listening to. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. What is the thing that I say? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. If you'd like to follow us on Patreon, we are there at Best Friends Forever. We're on Instagram at Best Friends Forever Pod, and you can reach out old school by sending an email to Best Friends Forever Pod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you all. Bye. 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 Bye.